Hello, Mark. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Not too bad. Good man. Thanks for uh, coming on uh, to the show. Delighted to have you on. Delighted uh, to be here. Good. How's your day been? Uh, topsy turvy. Uh, had a very slow start. Um, very emotional. Uh, and then I had a great sale there at about half past five, which kind of got me off to a great finish. So just another good day in sales. Or it reminds you that you know there's ups and downs, and just have to take it all in your stride. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, maybe we'll we'll look into that. Um, so tell me a little bit, Mark, about your journey in into sales and and sort of what's brought you up to the point you're at now. Well, basically, the company I started just over a year ago, we're probably trading about 15 months now, um, Kill New Greetings. And I started this business uh, on the back of the fact that I worked as a buyer for I think eight, eight or nine years. And basically, this uh, company is it's, uh, it's important distribution. Uh, obviously, being a buyer for eight or nine years, I'm well able to buy and import. Mm-hmm. But on the distribution side, I've had to learn literally from scratch how to sell. And obviously the different types of selling, you know, out, the big difference between inbound sales, outbound sales, uh, the really powerful effect that social selling has had in the last six or nine months. Like, you know, a recommendation, you know, nine times out of ten will, will get you over the line. So really in the last like year, year and a half, I've had to kind of really flip sides, uh, having been a buyer for so long to come over and literally start from start from zero. Um, so the way I look at it is everything I get is a bonus because when you start from zero the only way you can go is up (laughs) I try to be optimistic (laughs) so tell me a little bit uh, from from your perspective in in being on the I suppose the opposite side the buying side has that uh, how how has that impacted or helped you maybe in selling Mark um, well, I suppose being on the buying side, you know, I suppose it's a help and a hindrance. Like, obviously, I I always present my product in a way that I know I would have liked to as a buyer. Mm. But the reality of sales is, you know, it could be the, you can have the right product for the perfect uh, customer, but it could be the wrong day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could be having a bad day. The buyer could be having a bad day. Or, you know, the timing could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So really what I've learned in sales is that you have to have an element of persistence because I think I read somewhere that even when Coca-Cola first started selling, I think they sold like 36 pieces in their first year or something silly. So I think, you know, the help and the hindrance having been a buyer, yes, I, I know I can use that to my advantage sometimes in how I present my product. But at the same time, it's a disadvantage because obviously when you're a buyer, you're used to getting things when you want them on time, on your terms. Whereas, you know, I've had a sale that I made there last March. The sales cycle was 12 months. I was a year mm. getting in the door. But obviously, you know, since then now it's gone to fruit. It, it started to bear fruit. Uh, but I think, you know, you just have to learn to be, to be patient as well, you know. Mm. I, it's, it's interesting you use the word persistence. And again, this is the it's not the the first time i've heard this word when it when it comes to selling when or or when has persistence paid off for you mark well i suppose it kind of harks back patrick like like myself and yourself had a conversation about 6 months ago and there was one thing that you said to me that stuck in my mind you said to me you know when you're dealing with customers how do you find a way to be sticky with a customer uh and i find by being sticky with someone as in, you know, they mightn't buy the first time or the second time or the third time, but they see you, they know you're there, they see you at a trade fair, then they buy. 
So like in terms of specific examples, like there's one chain of stores that have started buying off me in the last three months. I first made contact with DMD March of last year, so about 15 months ago. I sent her a nice follow-up email uh, back in September. Nothing really happened. She came to a trade fair in the new year. She remembered who it was, saw my stuff, liked it. Uh, I gave her a business card and then I followed up uh, with a meeting uh, back in March where she went ahead and bought. Mm -hmm. So there was one example there of a customer where, you know, a year and 15 months ago, I knew this customer is perfect for what I have. I can really help this customer. But the reality of it is, not every customer thinks they have a problem that you need to solve. Number one, <laughs> or or they have an or have an interest. Like like in my particular industry, there's a lot of customers that have made so much money on property in the shops that they own. They're not really bothered looking at you. So I've sort of seen that by being persistent, you kind of crack into the accounts that are like passively looking, uh, and also those who are you know half interested, half not interested. Because I think in in my particular industry, there's a lot of people who are here today, gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. whereas I know with her she saw me right at the very beginning and then 12 months later she thinks okay well if this guy is still going in this industry it must be worth luck so Mm -hmm. that's how it paid off and with that then you know because sometimes you'll have that long sales cycle how how do you stay motivated I suppose like that's been a really big challenge for me because you know when you move into sales like I suppose the, the beauty of sales is, is that it's the only occupation really in the world where literally the sky is the limit. Hmm. Um, like, like literally, there's, there's, there's no limit to what you can sell, to what you can earn, to, to where you can be in the future. And that's exciting. But like in terms of what motivates me, I suppose, it's there, like every time I think of quitting or throwing the towel in, I think back to why I started. Yeah. You know, I look back and like, you know, for me, what motivates me in sales is the potential payoff like working for myself and doing this business like in five years time all joking aside i could be sitting on the beach somewhere sipping a champagne on wednesday or playing the game of golf on a thursday afternoon because i have an army of people beneath me doing what i'm doing now so i suppose for myself i've really had to focus on the medium to long-term benefits of selling and you know in my past career uh, on the buying side or any other any other things that I've done in the past, be it when I was in UCD or when I went to university, I generally have a good track record where I know if I focus and I put my mind to something, I will achieve eventually mm-hmm. or I will get there eventually. And a trait that I that I know I have is endurance. And, you know, I know from the past 10 years of my career that, you know, the harder I work at something, I wouldn't say it gets easier. I say I get better. Mm. And I know with sales, the more I do this, the more I practice, the more people in sales I speak with, the more I read books, the, the more I practice at what I'm doing, the better I get. And the better I'm getting at this, the easier it becomes. And then the better the sales. And what motivates me is if I can continue on this track, you know, in five years' time, it'll provide me with the lifestyle that I want. And, you know, I focus on my ideal day in 10 years time and in 10 years time I want to be working four days a week hmm. take t- take every Wednesday off play golf and have time off uh, to spend time with the kids at the weekend so th- that's what motivates me so I'm really focusing on where I want to be like what's the end game where do I want to be in five or ten years time and I'm working it back saying right well what do I need to do now to get that lifestyle hmm. and um, yeah that's I suppose what, what gets me going in the mornings even on the bad days you have to have something to keep you uh, to get you out of bed, but 
Absolutely. You know, yeah. there's ups and downs. You know, I'm sure you you've been there yourself. Yeah. And you know more than anyone. It's a, it's a, it's an absolute. Uh, it can be a roller coaster at time, and that's interesting. So, so you've almost you've almost put yourself in that ten year goal. You've created, and then you're working back, um, and the steps that you need to do to bring you towards that. Well, it's like I read. I know it sounds silly, but like back in like you know when you do your stuff in university, ninety five percent of what you read is, you know, not relevant. But I remember they made us read a book. It was like the seven highly habit or the seven habits, habits of highly effective people. I'm sure you, I'm sure you, mm-hmm. you know it. But one of them was begin with the end in mind, and that's obviously a trait that I've always put in place. Like be it in a project or in a career move. Like at the end of the day, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, like where do I want to be in ten years' time? What's the end goal? And that's what motivates me because you know I've been a buyer for nine years, and now I'm you know I'm on the sales side, and I've built up a business that hopefully in this uh, this year will turn over a quarter of a million uh, and I start from zero but you know do I enjoy what I'm doing day to day like today I made I made 15 cold calls in person like do I enjoy that not particularly but <laughs> I do when I get an order for 1200 euros at six o'clock that I wasn't expecting so you know I think you have to have you know small goals as well to keep you going you know T- tell me about those small goals I suppose, like, you know, I try and, you know, when, you, when you're selling, like, my experience of it is, you know, I could go out one day and I can do four cold calls and I can get four great orders and four great accounts. But the reality of life is that doesn't happen. Uh, and I try and, you know, when I'm out selling, I try and break up into small pieces. So when I'm out prospecting, I think if you're in sales, no matter what you're selling, be it greeting cards or gifts like I'm in, if you're selling curtains or handbags, if you're in the sales profession, in my opinion, you always need to be, you know, one eye looking at the customer, one eye looking for a new customer. And the average ratio for me when I started last year was 10 to 1, as in I would do 10 cold calls to get one customer. And then, you know, when I looked at my figures then more analytically, I'd have to do probably 30 cold calls to get one good customer i'd get three customers all right after 30 cold calls but i get one, the one good customer where i'd be making money off them so for me like how i do it is like today you know i structure my week that wednesday thursday friday tend to be the days where you know i put myself into position pure business development i'm out looking for new business so i've structured my week that monday tuesday i'm farming as they call it <laughs> uh, but wednesday thursday friday you know if you look like the sort of person who's going to be selling cards or gifts, well, I'm going to be presenting my, myself to you and trying to m- make a pitch. So I, in my head, sort of say, right, if I have a target of 10 or 15 calls a day, every call that I make that doesn't go well statistically brings me closer to another sale. Mm. So I try and say to myself, right, by lunchtime today, I'd made five calls. They weren't going well. But I knew in my head, okay, well, I've done five now. So at least I've done five. I haven't spoken about doing five because a lot of guys talk about doing things and don't actually do it. Mm. But in sales, obviously, you know, everything starts off with a conversation. So by, by lunchtime today, I had five calls done. I was like, oh, nothing's really happening. But I knew in my head, statistically, looking back on the numbers in the past, okay, well, you know, I'm averaging for every 10 calls, I'm averaging, you know, one, one new order or one account. So I suppose I try and break it into small bite-sized pieces because otherwise... Like I, I've had times where I've I've gone away for three days and I make thirty or forty cold calls and I get no customers, but I've also had a day where I call three customers and I get 
three big orders. Mm. So I kind of try and even it out so I know, you know, the days where I go away and I'm doing 30 calls in three days and I get nothing, I know that then at some stage I'm going to have the day where I make four calls and get four big orders. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. It's really, really interesting, Mark. So, you know, it almost looks like or sounds like you're 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 very much reflecting on your on your practice. So the, what you're doing on a weekly and a daily basis, but then you're actually looking at the stats and utilizing stats to help you, uh, like yeah. you said, with those opportunities. So so in any given quarter and any given week day, you can know how, what your call to sort of deal ratio is. Um, I, yeah, like I know it's it's probably not common, but like by by my background, I'm very analytical, mm. uh, and I've always been very good with numbers. So I'm sure everybody has their own way of dealing with things. But you know, but the way I look at sales is like it's a pipeline. You know, it's a funnel. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to put all my customer or my, my calls in. Like like I visualize my funnel as all of the the potential customers in the top, and then I cold call them all, and the and the the customers strip out at the end. So I know myself like statistically. On based on because sales like so much of sales you could argue is luck, but at the end of the day, it's a volume game as well. Like I know if I call the X amount, I've X amount of chance of getting an order. So that's how I, I suppose, motivate myself for to manage the ups and the downs because there are a lot of sacrifices in sales. Like for me personally, like it's a very it's a very personal sale. Like people don't buy don't buy my product really over the internet or, you know, if you post them out stuff. It's very much face to face. It's about building customer relationship and being in their face. And unfortunately for me, the sales cycle uh, that I'm on, most of my revenue happens three to four hours away from where I live. Yeah. So I, I'm always, I, I'm away from home usually on a Wednesday and a Thursday night. So it can be quite, you know disheartening when you go away for and you're away for two nights and you're sacrificing your evenings and everything else when you go away and sell nothing mm. and you know you know some days like i went away before christmas for three i sold i think 200 euros and you know i went home and i was like well you know i could have moped and said oh well i could have sat at home and done nothing but at the same time i've also i, I went away three days uh, there about three months ago and did 15,000 which never happened so yeah. you have to look at it across the board because okay. if you don't you're, you're destined to fail and, uh, and that's my take on it and do you do you feel with that mark that maybe those calls that you have made were straight away they don't uh do you know do a deal do you see them coming through down the line is is it as important for you to make that contact yeah, like I think, you know, there's so many different, different types of customers. Like there's there's a customer who you'll gel with straight away and, you know, they'll buy. But like what I find really unusual is geographically, most of my business is coming out of one part of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a part of the country now at the moment where there isn't a lot of money. Uh, and I always say to myself up here, there's lots of thinkers up here because I get a lot of resistance up here. Oh, you know, I have to think about it. <sighs> So I suppose it takes one half of us on the other because I know by making yourself sticky to a customer, um, it pays dividends because then I become the guy they turn to when that need arises, if that makes sense. Because I've had a quite, like I, I looked at the amount of accounts I opened up since February and I was quite surprised at the quantity of accounts that I opened up. But it was more by default. Customers coming to me, like I got five or six new accounts this year just from customers who had kept my business card had kept my my brochure 
they remembered, oh, Mark sells this, this, and this. So, you know, maybe at the time when I called in, they hadn't got a need for what I was. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, I touched base with them, I've, I've been in two or three times since, they kind of knew, oh, I need something now, I'll give Mark a call. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you kind of have to, it's like I said to you earlier on, when you're dealing with a customer, you have one eye looking at the customer and one looking for a new customer. You always have to be on the lookout because it's probably a hundred times harder to get a customer as it is to lose a customer. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, and that, that building that relationship and growing that account is key. Um, how do you, Mark, uh, you know, you talked a lot about cold calling and for you, because it's in person, it's, it's that doorstepping technique where you're, you're coming in. How have you improved um, in your sort of cold calling abilities over the, the last year? Well, I suppose how I improved, like obviously take it from, from somebody who knew nothing about sales. Mm. So of all the books that I read, probably one of the best tips I got for cold calling, it was from um, uh, The Art of Selling, I think the book was called. It's a real well-known one. But my best way to um, cold call in person is just by asking questions. Because like, if I go into a shop, and even though I think they're perfect for me or my product will suit them, if I go in and start talking about myself or starting about my products, they just stand there and look at you and you've no idea what's going on. But from my own experience in sales, like, you know, I sell better when I'm talking less. Mm. So I find by, by asking open-ended questions, I hear what the customer has to say. So there's lots of things I pick up. I pick up the body language. Are they interested or not? I pick up any objections they might have, any displeasures they have with existing competitors of mine. So I find the best technique for cold calling is to really sort of say as little as possible with an open-ended question because that's, that tells you everything you need to know. Like in my industry, obviously, okay, greeting cards would be a main part of my business. So I start off with, oh, so do you, do you sell many greeting cards? And they might say, start talking about problems that they have or whatever. I don't like, like when you cold call a customer, you've no idea what's important to them yeah. or what I value to them or what problems they're having. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I remember a phrase, telling isn't selling. So I walk in, ask a real open-ended question uh, and go take it from there, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard somebody once say, you know, the customer doesn't care about you or your product. <laughs> so, uh, no, so. well, like, 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 like that's the, the reality of it. Like, you know, I always try and present myself as somebody who adds value to, to a customer, but they don't care who I am or what product I have. All they care is does it solve the problem that they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And by me going in and talking about how great I am doesn't solve that problem. You know, I find the best sales I make are where I talk the least because that way I'm listening and I'm picking up these things. And some of my best customers, you know, I've, I, like, I, I have a fantastic customer now down in Cork. Like, you know, and about two, three months ago, called her, said, look, I'm coming down to see you. Can you give me 10 minutes? Yeah, no problem. And I just said, so tell me, how are your sales or how are your card sales? I, I asked a real open-ended question. And I was like, uh, you know, her agate aunt. And I picked, up, I picked up so much information that she was unhappy with a competitor, uh, one of my competitors, that she was missing this, that that hadn't worked for in the past. And by just sitting there and actually just listening to what the woman had to say, I made a fantastic sale. Uh, and it's since been repeating, which for me shows a sign of, of, of a good sales process. Like in my industry, there's no, like I don't make any money on, I lost you, Mark. <laughs>